Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Carolina Social Club podcast. This is episode number 31, and it's just Eddie and I tonight. How you doing? Uh, you know, I got ice pops. Um, I'm chilling, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's a good good Saturday. I mean, you know, it's... Uh, God, how to put it exactly? Um, it's been a little tough because... Uh, I had a bill come out of my account that I wasn't expecting. So uh, Ooh, all, all, you, all your listeners hit my cash app, my Patreon, my Venmo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've had to like really dig into the struggle meal mindset and get some food made. But I did pretty all right for myself today. I made the kind of cheap man's bolognese that I uh, wrapped up in some crescent rolls that I had running around the back of the fridge. Nice. Kind of made like a little bolognese garlic poplar thing so that that got pretty good and i mean i always have these uh freeze it pops because uh you know they're a dollar 50 for 400 so yeah. uh <laughs> keep those on deck but uh, yeah man i really would like to go to cookout <laughs> i i understand that is maybe where i'm gonna go after oh, we're done after we're done recording um so the problem is is that the cookout that i go to is the only cookout like nearby in my area that shocks me. I thought you guys so, would have had those on every corner. Well, we have we have them in like so. I live in West Ashley in in Charleston. There's just like the West Ashley, like I don't even know. It's not a, it's not a subdivision. It's just like a, a, the town of West Ashley is what it is. Right. And There's it's also not, not a cookout region. That's, it, it's, it's, it's so five West guys Ashley, territory or what? West Ashley, so no, West Ashley uh, has a cookout. It used to have a Five Guys, but Five Guys has since moved out, and it was that was devastating for for one thing. Um, but it's the only so West Ashley's cookout is the only cookout until you get to like the far reaches of North Charleston or Mount Pleasant. And so we're talking about like a 20, 25, 30 minute drive, depending, you know, on where you're starting from. Straight up, my assumption was that in the Carolinas, like those wave stores in Myrtle Beach, there's, <laughs> just, there's like every three blocks, there's a cookout. That would be nice if there were, because it would make it take less time. Like, I, there was a time Man, when it you are wasn't killing me, dude. You are killing me right now. Now I'm yeah. thinking about cookout. That there was a time when it was like oh. the only. Oh, that is good. The only time like it was super not popular is when probably the first couple of years that they were here and people just didn't know, and now everybody knows. Oh, now, now, now they know. I mean, it's it's for bang for your buck. I mean, it really is. You know, that's that's kind of the that's kind of the thing. It, it is for what you pay a truly ridiculous amount of food that is not low quality. Realistically. No, it's, it's good. It'd be different if it was just kind of shitty and you were like, yeah, well, you know, it's, uh, you get what you get, but it's, it's six bucks for a plate, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I mean, the cheese curds are pretty good. The onion rings are on point. Uh, never had a bad hot dog from there. Never had a bad burger. Never had a bad Coke float. Yeah, um, I do the cheer wine float, but uh, it's just it's too much. I hear that, man. It's it's, it's too much, Carolina. <laughs> the cheer wine. I've uh I've seen some drama in the cookout line. Uh, the last time that that Kelly was in the car with me and we went, there was a woman who like was being super shitty in line and tried to cut another car off to cut their place in line. And the car just kept driving, did not take any of that shit. And the woman, like, seriously got the fuck out of her car and was yelling at this dude. Now, when you say cut the place in line, are we talking, like, 
pre-order or post-order? Because pre-order, that's kind of ballsy. Post-order, that's like murderous. Yeah, pre-order. It's not possible to cut in line post-order here. Every that everything like, that sounds like you're ignoring the fact that it's a car. Everything's possible in a car. I, I mean, that's true, but like that would cause some very serious damage to the car here. Like all the fast food restaurants here have like you know curbs and shit that basically keep people in like you can't leave once you place your order until you get to the end, basically. I feel like that's probably most of them. Um ours in town has developed this weird thing where they have a dual lane. So you can go on the inside or the outside. There's really not anything dividing them. Uh, but the outside one, when you make your order, you then pull up and cut off the inside line to go to another end of the building. <laughs> it can get really confusing. <laughs> but I mean, it's the only cookout in the city, so it's extremely popular. Yeah. So it's almost by design, you know, by necessity. They probably learned whatever they learned from, I don't know. Huntington or Moorhead or wherever where there have been some prior, but uh but yeah, this was pre-order. She tried to she tried to cut a place in line. And then got out to like fist fight. She she got she was mad. She didn't I don't I don't know what she expected to have happen because like, like the, even the car behind the guy that she was yelling at just stayed behind. Like she wasn't gonna be able to get in front of them either. So she was like just basically in no man's land mad see if i'm cookout i'm using this for like ad revenue i would too absolutely it's, it's so good this one was about to catch a case just to get <laughs> yeah. her plate sooner she needed the watermelon shake she needed the cheer wine float you know it was it was nuts God, man hey, you got me really 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 craving that you're bad sorry person. buddy uh, yeah, but I mean, then again, I was going to ask you, like, hey, when you go to get food, where are you going to go? And so that dovetailed nicely. Oh, God. Speaking of dinner, got the hankering. Brett Kavanaugh, everybody. <laughs> that piece of shit. He's, he has a right to dinner, Eddie. That was uh, that was the big news this week. Besides, of course, Shinzo Abe being assassinated. But, you know, Shinzo Abe being assassinated with some Fallout 4 ass weapons. And I'm supposed to feel bad. Right. Shinzo Abe was an extremely right-wing nationalist. Um, His grandfather ran uh, uh, labor camps for the Chinese. Like, didn't. There is uh, now a, a group that's offering up like money for sightings of the Supreme Court justices after the Kavanaugh protest. That's. That's the kind of like malicious compliance type shit that I that I want to see. The group is called Shutdown DC. I love it. I mean, what they have to realize is that's their option, or Sri Lanka is their option. Yeah. So which one? Which one do you want to deal with, guys? Because uh, we can do a Sri Lanka. <laughs> it's been it's been proven that it's not that difficult to get under the government buildings. Shit, that's the fucking truth. Yeah, I just, I like, it blows my mind that this dude is just, like, going to try and carry on business as usual. Oh, it is for them. This isn't, to them, this isn't anything even mildly historic. They can't conceive of people being angry about it. I mean, I think it was fairly certain it was Mitch McConnell. 
um, who relatively recently, like within the last three weeks, said, you know, once people run out of that stimulus money, then we're going to see the uh, the economy bounce. I back. saw that. What a fucking idiot! Like people didn't immediately use that stimulus money. Oh man, you're right. The, two the, two the, years ago, the twenty four hundred dollars I got over the span of three years of the pandemic is just really gone just a like, long way. Yeah. I used it to invest. Of course, I got my PPP loan. You know, shit, dude. That that was another fun uh, thing that I saw this week too. That like seventy five percent of the of the PPP loans were were just taken, just stolen by businesses. Yeah, not like, paid back. Never gonna pay back. Nope. Now my last company took a took a loan and use they actually used it for how they were supposed to use it, but yeah, but not everybody. No, not everybody. I, I would say, I don't know. Hell, I would I would assume at least fifty percent of all PPP loans were just free money for people. Yeah. Well, and the, and the funny thing is, is that like people with actual small businesses and stuff like that tried to get like just a, like a very small piece, like a thousand bucks or two thousand bucks or whatever, mm-hmm. and they got denied. Of course, they aren't uh, glad handing with the right people. I mean, yep, it's just uh, absolutely stupid. Uh, my oh my! It's, yeah, it's you crazy. Know, I, I try. I am trying, and in in a lot of ways, struggling with uh, not just gorging myself on doom all the time. Yeah, it's difficult not to. <laughs> well, it's because it's everywhere. Like you can't, get away, you can't get away from it. <laughs> you can't get away. Like, like even, you know, I'm, I'm fairly terminally online in the world of Twitter. And, you know, so if I get a break from doom, it's from some, it's from something that makes my brain hurt. Um, I've seen a recent bit of discourse of uh, Anne Frank had white privilege. That was a fun one. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> I knew as soon as I said it, you'd be like, whoa. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't even know what started it, but it's gone. It's gotten crazy. <laughs> so that's the relief I have from a sense of extreme on the present doom is me having zero hope for people who have any idea of how to read anything or have any sort of reasonable discourse. So I like rough there's no there's no helping people like that like there really isn't you can't you can't convince them if they're so far gone that they're like yeah and frank had white privilege like well it's you know and and it is interesting because i abhor uh you know uh, the centrist talking point of you know well you know both sides make some good points you know both sides both sides have something they want to say you should listen to both both sides sides. (laughs) but i will uh, embrace that for both sides have people who are well beyond help and should not be given any more of your attention. Yeah. <laughs> and no, that's true. And that is, that is a hundred percent accurate because crazy knows no political affiliation. Crazy is just fucking crazy. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you are so far gone that you're saying things like that or saying things like, uh, I saw <laughs> This is one of my absolute favorites, bro. You're gonna love this because this is this is legitimately how these anti-abortion people feel. Mm-hmm. These pro-force birth motherfuckers. Um, I saw one of them tweet, and this is just a completely unhinged person. Has no connection to public policy whatsoever. But the fact that this belief is out there is frightening. Um, tweeted that you know uh, certain women will. Uh, 
coincide getting pregnant with their wedding day so that they can uh, appear fuller in the bust and then abort the baby on, on their honeymoon. Wow. Whoever has done that ever, Ugh. ever, you know, it just are, takes a special level of depravity to even think of a scenario like that. Like, to even imagine it. Yeah. But I mean, these people are, are, are <sighs> those folks especially believe themselves to be the last stand against some sort of level of uh, extreme, uh, I don't know, degeneracy. They like saying degeneracy a lot, by the way. Yeah. Uh, real Nazi dog whistle stuff. Oh, that was the other thing I want to talk about. I want to talk about Jordan Peterson. Oh, God. Josh, do you want to talk about Jordan Peterson? Let's let's talk about Jordan Peterson. So here's a fun thing about Jordan Peterson. I've never read anything he's done, and I've never heard his voice until this week. Oh, my God. You've been missing out. I, I knew of him. Like, I knew that he had an oxy addiction and might have gotten locked up in a gulag in Russia, and I knew that he had some pretty retrograde ideas. Um, I didn't know, first off, that he sounds like somehow an even more pussy Kermit the Frog. Yeah, no, that's real Kermity. Um, and he's been banned from Twitter. Yep. Because he refuses to stop dead naming Elliot Page. Um, of all the things to just take a, to take a stand on, too. Oh, no. The, and, it's, and it's spreading like wildfire. Tim Pool took a stand on it, and a bunch of people are taking a stand on it. Um, my favorite was from Tim Pool, who, who posted a picture of Elliot pre transition and post transition and said, Remember what they took from you. Well, I've seen. They? I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who's they? And what did they take? You know. But, but uh, so Jordan Peterson released a video, and my God, it is the funniest thing I have ever heard in my life. He's just sort of slumped in a chair in, a, in an ill-fitting suit, and he's complaining about this. And uh, um, oh, what did he say? He's. I'm going to try to do an impression right now because okay. this, is, this is how much I enjoy this. Um, Screw you, woke mob. We'll see who cancels who. Like it was really, really funny. Yeah, no, that's a pretty good impression too. Yeah, like, it was it was really, really funny. And he's just so upset about it. And that's the hill. And that is the weirdest hill for me. Like this dude used to. I think uh, he got in. He got invited to Seahawks uh, training camp at one point by Pete Carroll because Pete Carroll's the type of dude who would do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, but uh, you know, I feel like uh, there was a time when, like, New York Times would be like, "Hey, this guy's a really, you know, interesting philosopher, and we should listen to him." I think he did. I think he did a debate with uh, um, I can't ever pronounce that guy's name right. Slava Vizek, the existentialist philosopher. Like, like, like he's known. Yeah, I think he has a legitimate doctorate, not even like a bullshit Seb Gorka doctorate. Well, it's like it's it's what I've seen in in the online space for this kind of stuff is that people present themselves as being kind of like firmly in the middle as far as like belief systems go. And then as time goes on, they just further and further radicalize towards whatever their actual beliefs are. And and I think Jordan Peterson is one of those people. See, I'm, I do think Jordan Peterson is one of those people, but I don't think they're all like that. I don't think they're all like that either. I think, I, I think, I think a, a lot, lot of, them of are, people though. see the trans issue as something that uh, they can make a lot of money on. Yeah, and that's and that much is absolutely true. That sort of outrage culture will always pay dividends. Um, there are a lot of people who like I've been on down some real dark rabbit holes mm -hmm. with this shit because I there the thing that is consistently anytime I see anything like that 
is what is it about this specific thing that breaks you, you know, that turns you from a reasonable person into a hate filled piece of shit. I wish I had the answer to that. This thing. And so far I have no answer, but I've realized that it gets even weirder. Like I've seen, uh, it was an account from some woman who basically would just look at photos of people and determine that they were not assigned female at birth. Like just look at photos of women and be like, well, look at the ratio from shoulder to hip. Look at, you know, like, like God just, damn like, it, this man. weird, like race science phrenology shit. And like had certain tweets where she was like, yeah, I've, I've lost friendships because after my eyes were opened, I realized that they were trans. And of course they deny it when I confront them. <laughs> really? Like, <laughs> That's absolutely insane to me. But there are a lot of people like that. There is something about this that just breaks people's brains, and I and I I cannot grasp what it is. Like so, the abortion thing sort of makes sense to me. Like I kind of get it. I get why you could be like a super evangelical, quiverful piece of shit and look at birth rates and you know every baby's a life and souls and church, 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 church. That I kind of grasp i don't agree but i but i grasp where you get there sure this like just and you know we've 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 touched on this before but i mean this Mm -hmm. is this is out and out like ruined people's legacies like like jk rowling couldn't just sit back and rest on her billions of (laughs) just collect her money yeah legacy uh uh, Graham Lineman, uh, you know, he could not rest on being the guy who wrote like three beloved British sitcoms. Now he's completely ostracized. Something about this breaks him, and I don't know why. Well, there's another person too that's been broken by it, and his name is Dave Chappelle, who was also in the news this week. Was he? I know he has a new special coming out, which uh, <laughs> wonder what that'll be about. He does have a new special coming out. Uh, they had pulled it or they were going to pull it and then they decided to release it or whatever and a big piece of it is him responding to the stuff oh, from the last special good good I, the first thing I thought of was I really wish I could hear more of his opinion on this shit so they they were the school that he went to to have the conversation with the students or whatever the Duke yeah. Ellington the Duke Ellington School of Art or something like that right I'm, that may be wrong I apologize if it is uh he, went, he talked about that and how like they decided not they were going to name a theater after him or something like that. And he, he opted like not to have the theater named after him because of the controversy. But at the end of the article that I was reading about it, it goes into detail about how he talked about these kids were uh, he, he called them like instruments of indoctrination or, uh, or instruments of dis- dissent, something like that. Like, oh, crap. It was like very pointed that he felt like you know free space or the freedom of speech spots or whatever were contributing to this problem like they're being kids are being radicalized by and he called them kids he called them children even though they're all like you know college age adults or whatever and it's just the whole thing it's just it's just another it's just another crazy person man like like it i it's wild broken them and i will never understand oh did i find the video awesome i don't even know if did i try playing something over my phone once last episode you did it did not it did not go well did not translate damn it 
sucks. He he really does sound like like he sounds Kermit the like Frog. A shitty Kermit the Frog. He sounds yeah. like he sounds like a non-union equivalent. He's, okay, he's sh- brand Kermit. Here's here's the quote. When I heard those talking points coming out of these children's faces, okay. that really sincerely hurt me because I know those kids didn't come up with those words. I've heard those words before. The more you say I can't say something, the more urgent it is for me to say it. Chappelle said, and it has nothing to do with what you're saying. I can't say. It has everything to do with my right, my freedom of artistic expression. That is valuable to me. That is not severed from me. It's worth protecting for me, and it's worth protecting for everyone else who endeavors in our noble, noble professions. And he concluded his defense by calling the teenagers who had criticized him, quote, instruments of oppression, end quote. Here's my thing. And I've, and I've said this before. I don't know when we ascribed... Uh, comedians with this sort of noble truth teller uh, existence, you know, that seems to be the argument every time is, well, you know, it's, it's my job to tell the truth. It's my job. To well, I think part of that is because John Stewart kind of pioneered that whole, that whole thing with at least as far as popularizing it is concerned. You know what, you know what I'm going to throw for my spicy take. Uh, this is an Eddie patented uh, Carolina social club spicy take. Uh, presented by uh, Frank's Red Hot. <laughs> Please send me money. Uh, <laughs> fuck John Stewart. Okay. Is my opinion on it. Because um, John Stewart watched everything that sort of has led to this current wave of fascist thought, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he was front and center for the entire thing. You know? I mean, Bush... The Iraq War, 9-11, yep. Patriot Act, all of it. And not only did he basically take his ball and go home after the fact, but do you recall the rally to restore sanity? Yeah, I do. Which was basically a both sides the event. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think Kid Rock played. <laughs> it's just, yeah. It, you know, it's, and, and I know hindsight's 2020. Well, the other thing, too, though, is that like that was in 2010. And I don't I think that like insanity in 2010 and insanity in 2022 are so like dramatically like opposed from one another that it's just worlds different. Yeah. But the thing is, is that is that what is what is turned insanity by the left with regards to the right is outright fascism. A lot of that is true. Proud boys are trying to, you know, bust up gay bars and progressive bookstores. Um, you know, uh, the ruling that the border patrol can do basically whatever they want with any sort of impunity within a hundred miles of the border, uh, which I think affects you. Uh, you know, yeah, like, like that stuff is legitimate fascism. Whereas if you ask somebody on the extreme right what their issue is with the left, generally it tends to be that people want autonomy and want to be treated like humans. That's their definition of the insanity. Yeah. Beyond, you know, that women get pregnant to have fuller breasts for their weddings <laughs> type of crazy. I didn't even come up with it. It's so bizarre. I don't. I have no idea. <laughs> like, I do creative endeavors for a living, and I would never once think, oh, yeah, this is something. I think I've got it, guys. 
just out of pocket, dude. I don't know. It's it's a uh, it's. I don't even know where I'm where I'm going anymore. I'm just I'm so exhausted of people out and out questioning the existence of people I love. I th- I think that's fair. Like that is super annoying to me. I don't like it. I don't. I don't. I shouldn't have to have ready-made talking points for why people who I love, who are beautiful, wonderful people in my life, deserve to not be assaulted and ridiculed. I shouldn't have to have those ready. No, you shouldn't. (laughs) The fact that I do have to have those ready is a great failure of us as a society and a race. It's just the world that we live in now, and it's it's insane. It is like actually nuts that this is what we're doing. Like we're we're having a conversation about this because end times podcast. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Um, I don't. I think that if you had asked John Stewart in 2010 if it was going to be better or worse in 2022, he probably would have thought it was going to be better. Oh, absolutely. Um, I don't, I don't think anybody, like, I I don't know if anybody could have honestly, accurately, and reasonably predicted that it would have gone this direction. I don't know that anybody could have, no. I I, I would like to say, well, maybe somebody could have, because then that would uh, maybe prevent it from occurring. Or something like that, but that's going to be hindsight type stuff. And yeah, at that's you know, at this point, we don't have that luxury. You know, no. It, now we have to figure out what we're doing now. And um, it's, I tell you what's what's what I'm worried for right now. I I, I, um, I know Biden did the uh, executive order, which I don't think actually does anything. Um, which is a bit annoying. Um, I think that it's supposed to put a stop to like uh, hospitals and things like that, not prescribing things that people need because of, you know, feelings or whatever. Yeah. There are other things associated with it, but like it's, it's one of those things where it is, it is a gesture and it protects some things. It's a fucking gesture. But it doesn't, it doesn't really like, it's not going to move the needle. And uh, did you see the interview with with um, somebody asked Kamala Harris, you know, what are we supposed to do in this situation? And she still doesn't really have a prepared answer, which is you're going to get asked questions about it. Like You should be ready. I, I like. I, I wanted to really rally behind Kamala Harris. Even though I knew that, like, you know, very pro cop. All she's that stuff to rally behind. At this no, point, she's so. not doing. She's not doing shit. Like you barely even see her, and then when you do, she's just like so completely overwhelmed with with her position that it just you know she just shuts down. I think she that, yelled at Charlemagne the God. Like, <laughs> like that makes that makes you basically no better than like Birdman. You should be better than Birdman. Yeah, you're the vice president. I like it blows my mind that when somebody was like, you guys need to do something. And her answer was what? Like, that's that's the answer like the, that you're supposed to fucking know. Listen, man, you can't you can't get too crazy with this because the, the hive will come after us. 
I mean, listen, man, I'm I'm weeks away from not being able to talk about this anymore. So yeah, true facts, true facts. <laughs> Kamala Harris do something. Joe Biden maybe think about doing something. Um, I know it's difficult. Know. Or get out of the way, you know. I know it's probably really difficult for you around, you know, sunset, but uh, maybe. <laughs> Shit, dude. Joe Biden draw a clock challenge. Come on, baby. Let's do it. I, yeah. I, like, it's where we are. It, yeah. It's, it's, this is 100%. You know, it's, it's, it's fun to have some giggles because they definitely uh, uh, help. But this is legitimately uh, where we are. Like, I and there's all say, the other the tertiary issues too, like climate change still looms over us, and like, yeah, which which also nothing is being done about. Right, the the office that's focused on climate change has no permanent staff or funding. Like what? <laughs> like fucking what, dude? No one's doing nothing. Oh man, what was that? I don't know. Are you hearing anything on your headphones there? Nope. Ah, I see what happened. I had the uh, had the show going on, and uh, you know how baked be good yep. commercial. They start playing some songs. I was like, man, what's going on here? So, speaking of shows, I've been watching yeah. Boston Legal, um, which oh, I man, an all time classic, eh? which I had I had never I had never watched before. Boston Legal, for those who also have not seen it was made like in the very early 2000s and Listen, opportunity to watch James Spader. I'm gonna watch James Spader. That's kind of a big reason why I, yeah. I decided to um, like watch eight fucking seasons of the blacklist. I can't even tell you what the fuck goes on in that show, anymore, but he's there and he talks. <laughs> yeah. It's just like the things that they are dealing with in on Boston legal in like 2003 and 2004. Mm-hmm are things that are still relevant today. Like I just finished an episode where Denny Crane talked about Roe v. Wade being overturned and needing more guns, not less guns. And I'm just like, holy shit. I I was 19 years old when this show aired. I am going to be 37 soon. And this is the conversation that we're still having. I mean, I'll, I'll put you, I'll put you back even further. I've begun a rewatch of Frasier. Okay. One of the greats. Yeah. One of the all-time greats. Um, the episode that I'm on right now uh, involves, and you know, Frazier's pretty much every episode's like a misunderstanding and a farce. That's kind of the whole right structure. Um, Frazier's looking for a, for a man for Daphne, and he meets the new station manager and invites him over to his house for dinner so he can sort of do a meet cute. And uh, the station manager talks to Roz later and he's like, yeah, you know, it seems I, I mentioned it to one person and it gets out, you know, that I'm gay. And it wasn't like a, ooh, shit, a homosexual. It was just like, oh, yeah, right. it's a gay dude. All right, whatever. Yeah. And just, it moved on. The whole storyline was just like, hey, there's a misunderstanding. He thought Fraser was into him. Like, <laughs> and it's not weird. He's not, you know, flamboyant or flaming. It's just like, hey, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm the station manager. I have to be homosexual, whatever. And it's so bizarre to me that I don't think you could run that episode today with that much of cavalierness, like you'd have to make a statement, like he deserves to exist. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like I just, it's, it's, it's wild to me, the slide, but the slide is what's been engineered, you know? And it's, it's been, 
it's been astroturfed. It's been created. It's been pushed. You know, there's a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of these uh, anti-trans groups are, are pretty much funded by conservatives, you know, and, and yeah. a lot of them are like, you know, hey, you shouldn't allow uh, trans women in lesbian space. That's that's a violation of your of your safe lesbian space. And then invariably, when something like Roe v. Wade getting overturned hits, all these people are sitting there looking in the mirror going, wait a second. Who have I been with this entire time? You know, what have I been backing? Yeah. You've been backing a conservative cause. Your your shit's paid for by conservative dark money groups. They want you, they want you to fight with somebody else in the queer community because that means that you're not your eyes not on the ball, you know? If your eyes yeah, not on it's the misdirection ball, for it. sure. Yeah, it's 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 just misdirection. That's all it is. All, all this culture war bullshit is misdirection. And the thing is, is that you know it's it's one thing to be astroturfed online, but it's, and this is, I think, the insidious part is, you know, you can pay, I don't know how many bots to say how many whatevers, you know, I don't think it's that expensive even. I could probably pay bots to do something. But um, I'll tell you what uh, is interesting is seeing it take its own li- take on a, its own life. Yeah. You know, it snowballs past what it was intended for. If you think about that type of astroturfing, I'm sure a lot of that was built around let's sow division in the queer community. You know, let's make let's make specifically lesbians take extreme umbrage with trans women because you don't really get that on the opposite end. I don't I don't think there's a whole lot of like gay cis males being like, oh, trans men, keep them out of our spaces. <laughs> you know, you don't hear that. Yeah. Um, it's a harder sell, honestly. <laughs> so the other one's the other one is an easier sell for all these online pieces of shit to try to make. And so that sort of division, but then that turns into a larger thing. That turns into actual celebrities being like, hey, you know what? You're right. Shit, so man. I mean, is that a win for for whoever decided that's that was the strategy they were going to? I guess so, you know. But that's the type of stuff that you have to be diligent about and it's also the type of stuff that leads to you know just distrust in anything in anything that you see in anything that you hear like you know i, I read that the uh, abe's assassin was possibly upset because his mother had lost like all of her life savings to the uh the moon church you know but that might be true, but I don't fucking know. It sounds plausible, but I don't fucking know. And I, I think that might be the most exhausting part of it, Josh. Yeah, no, you're I th- right. I, th- I think that that there has been such an erosion of what conceptually is the truth that you're either blindly believing or you are constantly on watch. Well, I, I think that nobody's ever had to be before. I think part of the reason for that is because it's it's just so easy for somebody to basically stick their head in the sand and be like, actually, no, uh-uh. And that's just it. Like, it's they're like, well, no, that's not my opinion. Like, that's not how facts work. <laughs> like, I've had this conversation with people who are close to me. Like, you know, they've said, they've used the phrase, that's not the way I see it. And I have responded 
well, the way that you see it is not rooted in reality. Mm-hmm. And like, it, that's just how it goes. I think of, uh, you know, to, to this day in the year of our Lord, 2022, there are people complaining about how Bernie Sanders cost Hillary Clinton the election. The stats aren't there. They don't back your argument. They don't exist. And yet, you can't dissuade somebody from that. If you say, hey, you know, what about these things? They'll never respond to you because it challenges their worldview. It challenges what they've made their life about, and they can't get behind it. You know, it's I, I think one of the one of our earliest uh, conversations about this, I was like, you know, show me the data of trans women assaulting cis women in bathrooms and I'll have the conversation. But that data doesn't seem to exist. It doesn't matter that the data doesn't exist. Because, I mean, we're we're past even like, I need evidence to believe something. It's just, I believe this and whatever evidence you provide me. Yeah, I believe it, so therefore it's true. That's that's a really weird solipsism. Yeah. Like, to exist in and i don't know what to do about it i don't know that there is anything i personally can do about it i know what i believe i know what it's rooted in i know what sources i trust but i mean even having those even having trusted sources is kind of insane you know yeah no i i regularly look at like between three and five different things when i'm trying to figure out something about something else or whatever and and that's that's maybe low, you know, I'm, if I'm being honest, like I could probably afford to look at another, another three to five, you know, look at eight to 10 things or whatever, you know, I it, like, and still, and still looking at it, looking through eight to 10 things, I would have a hard time without just using like actual critical thinking, making a decision because of how different the message is from everywhere you look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a frightening life. We, can we just stop being doomy and gloomy? Yeah. For like the, just the latter 20 minutes of this podcast. Or yeah. Actually, I have, I have something I want to ask you about because I am about to go through this process and I know that you've been through it and I want to know like some of the ins and outs. I'm about to get a tattoo. Hey, I'm, I don't right. have, I don't, I don't have a tattoo. I've never had a tattoo. I do. Um, I've shown you, I've shown you what I want. Yeah, you know, and I'm just like I, I don't really know what part of the process to like how how to to even continue at this point. Well, um, my first suggestion is you want to find artists in your area. You want to follow their Instagrams or at least look at their Instagrams. Okay, what you want is a very specific thing. Um, is it cool if I mention some of it? Yeah, go for it. Um, what Josh wants is is basically a watercolor effect tattoo um watercolor effect tattoos are not something just anybody can do um it's definitely a specialized field for sure um so you'd want to follow the instagrams find an artist that makes sense to you Mm -hmm. um now here's where the things always get difficult you will never find a more difficult person to pin down and talk to than a tattoo artist okay 
it is categorically almost impossible. I don't know why. Across the board, I have known meth head tattoo artists. I have known absolute drunks. I have known stone cold sober people. <laughs> I have known incredibly staid and professional men who wear button downs. I have known absolute dirt bangs who show up in their biker vests. It doesn't matter. They just aren't easy to pin down sometimes. Now, mercifully, you're in a larger city. Yeah. So hopefully who you're talking to is going to be a, a shop person, person whose job it is to actually do scheduling. So you're also probably likely looking at either one insane marathon session. Okay. Or a couple sessions. Okay. If possible, try to get one insane marathon. Okay. Um, I say this only because um, I have a skull with a, uh, a crossed pencil and crayon, like a skull and crossbones sort of. I love that. Forearm. That's awesome. Um, and I got it in a dude's kitchen, so the ink <laughs> faded out. And so I had it juiced back up. And I have never known pain in my life, like already tattooed skin getting tattooed over again. Okay. It was incredible. Breathtaking. Um, then the other thing you're going to have to figure out is price. And price is not a negotiable thing. Sure. So I wouldn't expect it to be what you want's going to cost a lot. Okay. Um, I would say, were you going to go with like the creeps up on the shoulder and scapular area down yeah. to like a half sleeve idea? Yeah. I think that was option A on the yeah, illustration that you provided. Illustration me. that I sent. Yeah. yeah. It's the coolest one, honestly. Um, you'd be like uh, George Clooney and Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Richie Gecko, I think his name was. So you're probably, I'd ballpark you at five to seven hundred dollars. Okay. Ish. That's kind of what I expected. Uh, probably more. Um, if it's not more, if it is more, if it costs double that, um, tip your artist. Okay. Not, in my opinion, not up for debate. You tip your tattoo artist. They are taking time out of their day. They're engaging in a very physically draining thing. I know it doesn't seem like it is, but you try bending basically in half and operating, I don't know, a fucking electric knife basically for (laughs) for six and a half hours. It hurts after a while, a lot. You get a lot of nerve damage, um, a lot of back pain too. So tip them, tip them, tip them, tip them. Um, Past that, I don't think you're going to have a problem with the pain, honestly. Okay. You are a pretty stoic guy um, in general. Uh, I don't think – I'm not I'm not imagining that you wince a lot if you have your blood taken. No, I don't. Yeah, and you see, to, to me, that's a, that's a greater pain. Tattoos are not a um, – they're not a sharp pain. Okay. You think it's going to be because you're getting stabbed a whole lot, but it's not a sharp pain. It's a burn. Okay. Um, there's also differences based on what's being used. And so you're going to, you're going to be more used to burn than you are uh, sting. Um, I get, I tend to get a lot more sting off single needle, which is what generally people use for outlines. What you're getting isn't really a figure, you know? Yeah. So you're not going to have a defined outline. You're not getting a, a, you know, fucking nudie girl sailor or anything like that. Right. That so was my second choice. 
I know, I know it was right on right on the forum, like Pete and Pete. You're gonna get Petunia. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I might still get Petunia. There's a, there's a <laughs> decent chance. I have a, I have a bear forearm on my left arm. I might get Petunia. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so you're gonna you're gonna get hit with a lot of uh, colors and shaders. Okay. Now, these are way way different because let me uh, let me let me uh, send this off to you here. While you're doing that, so to, yeah. to give kind of some context about my yeah, pain threshold. Oh yeah, please. Uh, when I was six, and I, this only reminded me like of the story or whatever. Uh, I did something stupid on the school playground and cut my hand and had to get stitches. All right. And uh, my mom took me to the doctor's office. They did the stitches there. I, I got five stitches, I think. Okay. And she said the entire time I didn't make a sound. I didn't. I wasn't upset or anything like that, but as they were stitching my hand up, there were just tears rolling down my cheek, and that was it. Okay, so you're like, like you're like James Bond getting your bag worked over by a rope. You're like, whatever, Lashif, I don't the, care. I will say the worst pain I believe I've ever been in was like three, three years, we were since we were living in the apartment, so it was like four or five years ago. I cut the tip of my like the it's the left side of the tip of my ring finger off Oof. with a with a like a chef's knife because I was cutting vegetables. This, this ain't gonna be that. So what I did to fix that that hurt. Yes, that that was not what I was referring to when I said it's my uh, most painful thing ever. We cauterized it in the kitchen with white pepper, cayenne pepper, and black pepper just to get it to stop stop bleeding, and that. That hurt like a month. You really cauterize it, then you just jammed spices into your wound. It so it totally worked like that though. Like I it, know, but, but ugh. yeah, yeah, that that hurt like hell. All right, so you see this picture I sent you? Yeah. All right, so you're gonna get a lot of use out of the ladder right hand four. Okay. These are shaders slash colors, so they're big bunches of needles grouped together to cover more areas of the skin. The last tattoo I did, um, did I, have I mentioned on the podcast that I do single needle tattoos? I don't believe so, no. Okay. I do single needle tattoos. I do basically stick and pokes. Um, a little bit more, you know, I'm not melting down combs for ink, but, you know, uh, still basically it's a stick and poke tattoo. Um, <laughs> the last one I did, I used one of these uh, double stack Magnum bad boys because I had to fill in a lot of color because I was doing some... Uh, some mark from uh, I don't know, Dark Souls or Bloodborne or something um, on this dude's back, right? And so he wanted red. And so I had to like really jam that in. But thing is, it covers a lot of space real fast with color and it packs it in. So you're probably going to see a lot of those. And those are really more of a numbing, burning sensation. Okay. And after a while, you're not going to feel anything. The reason it may have to jump into two sessions, even if you want it to be one, is after a certain amount of trauma, your skin will not take ink. Oh. Your skin swells up a little bit, which means that the pores swell up and the cells get tighter. If the cells get tighter, they're resisting the, the needle more. Okay. And so no matter how hard you jam it in there, it won't take ink. And that's where you see like... You know, those those nightmare pictures of tattoos where like somebody has like big gougy wounds and shit. Yeah. Is because, you know, fucking they got to the point where they couldn't take any more ink and the artist was like, No, 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 we're gonna push through, we got it. You know, just digging <laughs> harder and harder to get the ink to take, and it never takes. So 
any shop you go to is probably going to be clean. I know you. You're not going to go to. No, there's going to be a ton of research in Jim's discount tattoo. Yeah. Thing. And I want to help you with the research because, I mean, I'm super torqued. I'm always happy when somebody decides to get it, get some ink going. Yeah. Because I do really enjoy it. I mean, I have uh, Christ, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. We're in the teens of the of the count, by the way, for the if you can't hear him in the, re- in the recording. Man, I'm at 19. That pisses me off. I'm gonna have to put something on my leg. <laughs> Not being around numbers annoying to me. <laughs> I have to I have to put a dagger on my leg or something. That's that's when uh, <laughs> when art meets OCD, <laughs> right there. I mean, it does, but I, you know, I have certain weird rules about tattoos that, like, like I've still I, I'll never get anything on my neck or my hands unless I'm like made rich. Yeah. You know? um, I'm resistant to getting anything big on my calves. Like I, I just got my first thing on my calves recently. It's just a couple of squiggly lines. Um, but I've, I've always held this adage and I don't know where I picked it up that um, if you don't have tattoos on your calves, then you're a guy with tattoos. And if you have tattoos on your calves, then you're that tattoo guy. Okay. I don't know why that's the threshold exactly but, i'm not really sure i'm not really sure where that would come from but, either, you, yeah. but you get but you get it though right yeah, you get it like 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 you're not just a dude with tattoos if you've got the calf tattoos then you're a tattoo guy but then again i'm pretty well a tattoo guy at this point anyway um i don't know i've got a lot of space on my forearm i'd like to find something neat to put into it or a whole bunch of tiny dumb shit to put into it there you go wouldn't matter I've got uh, two self-given single needle tattoos. I have one. Um, I taught a good friend of mine how to do it. So I gave him a little patch of my elbow or my uh, shoulder to do a airy symbol on, which uh, has held up fucking beautifully. He's way, way skilled at it. Um, I got the world's worst horseshoe. It was my first ever single needle <laughs> that I did. Like very upper thigh, like like very close to my waist and there's a lot of nerves in there and doing it on yourself is real difficult but it was like right on the ridge of the quad muscle connector so oh, wow anytime, yeah anytime the pain was too much or i went too deep i i you know i'd bounce the needle out with my muscles <laughs> it's a real annoying experience but i've got i mean i've done 17 single needle tattoos and each one of them is better than the last so I'll definitely continue to do it. I just need more canvases. I get that. So like, okay, I am in the process of losing weight. Mm-hmm. And one of the concerns I have about this is whether or not that's going to alter any like tattoo action that I, you know, partake in or whatever. Well, I mean, I guess, I guess the initial question is where do you really hold on to your fat? Well, it's in my, it's in my belly for the most part. So that's the thing. If you're if you're not dealing with a whole lot of upper arm shoulder area paunch, then okay. it's not really going to matter a whole lot because the more weight you lose, you're probably going to replace that weight with more toning. So it's not really going to matter. If you got okay. a tattoo on your tummy, yeah, I'd say you're probably gonna <laughs> you're probably gonna look at something that's gonna look a little bit weird and shitty. Maybe and, uh maybe tattoo number two will be hug life across my belly. I think I think you really need to get smug life. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being if I'm keeping it a buck, smug life is really more your brand. 
Oh, I think that depends on who you are. I suppose that's true. I don't know. I probably won't get anything on my belly, but I definitely want to get more in my general chest region. Yeah, I considered maybe like, you know, the, the standard pectoral situation, but I think the the design that I want just fits better on, on my arm. Yeah, no, I, I think that's I think that's gonna be way better. I think for that where it's so dynamic, you want it on an area of your body that's gonna move. Yeah. And and just slap it on your pec like you know, just sort of feels like it's gonna be right. Man, He's there. You, uh, the dog upstairs. If he gets to go on, he gets to go on, man. <laughs> See, he saw something he did not care for. And I'm I'm guessing like with going to you know a, a shop and doing all that stuff that it's going to hold up pretty well just in general. Generally, it should. Aftercare is very important. Um, right. You're going to want to make sure that you put something on it. It doesn't necessarily have to be a tattoo specific ointment. Every artist is going to give you a different thing that they want you to use. Okay. Um, some want you to use a proprietary tattoo ointment that's all hydrogen based. Some of them want you to use. Uh, specified uh, hemp oil, some will just say and triple antibiotic. The trick is you cannot, 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 no matter how much it hurts, and it will hurt, smear it on too thick. Okay. You have to smear it on almost dry. Um, because the more that's glopped on there, it's going to draw ink out from the skin. So you okay. have to have very thin layers. And also you're going to get real used to slapping your arm. <laughs> Because at a certain point, it's going to flake. When it starts to flake, it's going to itch. Yeah. I mean, it's like a sunburn, right? Yeah, except you can't scratch it under any circumstance or you will create scars in your ink. Okay. So the trick is, once you start getting the itch, you you hit yourself like you're a heroin addict. You... <laughs> because that doesn't disturb any part of the healing process. That's But the, the action clears the itch off. Okay. So, so it's a it's a real rough situation. You're gonna be scaly for a while. I'm not gonna lie. You're gonna have a lot of skin flakes in the bed. Um, Love that. Can't wait. And you know the, the the best part is they're gonna be skin flakes, but they're gonna be like green and blue, which is nice and freaky. Um, <laughs> it's also I I, I do want to let you know there is a certain level of fade you can have to expect. Sure. Um, when tattoo goes in fresh, it is extremely vibrant. Um. And you'll notice it as you peel that the more skin beneath gets exposed, it seems more faded. It kind of by design has to be. So you'll notice a big divergence between like the skin that's still there from the initial ink in and what's left after the scaling completes, after the okay. is done. Um, but that's once again, it's to be designed and expected. You know, some stick a lot better than others, I will say. A lot of things depend. I've got a the great seal of the United States on my shoulder, uh, you know, the eye in the pyramid. Mm -hmm. uh, it was done with, I think, a three RL, which is three needles bunched together at the tip, round liner needle. Okay. Um, I also have an outline of the tri-state on my arm underneath it that was done with a 10 RL, which is 10 needles uh, round liner. And that one looks way, way, way more impactful because it's just a bunch of thick lines. So really just going to depend on what they use, but any good reputable shop's going to hook you up. Um, I won't let you go to a shitty place and we're going to figure out who can do this and get you looking like a work of art. Like a good man. 
Sounds good to me, dude. I'm looking forward to it. You should. It's it's a it's a good experience. It's something that you should always enjoy. I mean, piercings aren't for everybody. I also think that they're really enjoyable. Um, I've also gotten some more extreme body modifications in my day. Okay. Uh, also enjoyed them, mostly because it's something that I can point to and say I was able to go through that. I've done. Uh, I've had cell propping cell popping brands done which are uh, a heated needle that goes into the skin and creates a scarification. Uh, I have also had a scarification done with a cautery pen. Okay. Which is like legitimately what you're supposed to use to cauterize wounds in like battlefield situations. Right. Not white pepper and cayenne pepper. Yeah. yeah, Well, you know, (laughs) Um, of them, I'm most impressed that I was able to put up with the cautery pen one, not only for the actual initial action, but when you get a scarification, a cutting brand, whatever, um, part of the aftercare is aggressively not allowing it to heal. Because if you just let it heal on its own, it won't actually hold on to the scar. Hmm. It'll just heal up, right? So what I did for three weeks straight is we'd get home from work. I would take the bandage off my thigh. I would douse a toothbrush that I bought for expressly for this purpose in Hibiclens and I would scrub my wound. That sounds miserable. It was. <laughs> and the worst part is you can hardly see it because it wasn't, it wasn't branded deep enough, but wow. you live and you learn. The point is I was able to get through it. Yeah. The point is I did it. That's, that's more important to me. That's, that's like me getting to see the extent of how I can achieve as a human. What can I actually go through? Cause we're, we're soft, you know, at this, at this stage in human evolution, we don't have to go, you know, fucking fist fight a tiger for dinner. <laughs> we, can just, we can just, we can just go to Publix, you know, <laughs> so it's, it's fun to, it's, you know, it's, it's not dissimilar to me from what I also get out of lifting weight. You know, it's, what are my limits? You know, yeah. where, where am I at? What's, what's, what stock can I take in what I'm able to achieve? You know? So I think, I think it's, I think any body modification is nice because you get to, uh, you get to see, you know, where are my thresholds? How do I respond to sustained pain? That's a neat thing to find out about yourself. Even I believe if, it. Yeah. Even, you know, even if it's just a, a dumb tattoo and yours won't be, but even if it's just a dumb tattoo, you get to say, how did I respond to pain? You know, how that last? And you're choosing a good spot to get it on. Are, are you going for underarm too? Like, uh, around pr- the bicep? Probably, yeah. Okay. That's going to suck a little harder. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I mean, it is a more sensitive area. So that doesn't surprise me. It's 100% more sensitive. So that section might hurt. Um, You probably won't end up going into your armpit just because I don't see you doing that. Yeah. Um, That won't be so bad. Uh, I have have heard, though I've never gotten one there, um, because I do carry a lot of fat in my arms. So I I don't want to get anything in there that will look weird. Um, But I have heard that the interior arm is one of the more painful places to get it. Um, okay for me i've got such a weird relationship to the pain because the first tattoo i ever got if you'll remember was flat smack dab on my sternum yeah 
the second one I got took up the entirety of my in, inside forearm. So like I was in for a penny and for a pound quite clearly. And I would say probably, you know, right on the wrist bone, you know, a little pop out bone that you have right on the yes. exterior side of the wrist. Yep. I got that done and I got, a I got a rope to cap off my sleeve and a little like piece of goldenrod there and the and the leaves of the goldenrod are right on that fucking bone god that fucking sucked sucked so bad dude <laughs> yeah I, I like my wrists are a source of constant pain for me anyway so i i couldn't even begin to imagine that and get, get a couple therapeutic tattoos on them that's uh that's what the <laughs> they they find tattoos on like these old mummies you know right and the prevailing theory because it, they don't really seem to hold any pattern and they aren't really part of any sort of language base that we have for this era um they think that they were probably given by shamans huh like dude would show up and be like yeah my elbow consistently hurts and the shaman be like okay let me put some magic in your skin and so there's like you know three lines on the elbow and he's like yeah you're better now and of course you know thinking about it yeah the guy's going to feel better at that moment because he has endorphins and adrenaline coursing through his brain so he's like yeah fuck yeah the shaman fixed me my elbow feels great <laughs> that's wild <laughs> Man, that's that's it, it's it's crazy what uh, what history does for us, you know. I've 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 studied I've studied the art quite extensively, you know. I didn't I definitely didn't want to present what I did as ancient, mm-hmm. you know, when I started doing it, um, because what I'm what I'm doing when I do tattoo work is not is not tied to any indigenous culture. It has sure. zero training from that i have zero ability to lay claim to that what i'm doing is a very prison ass thing it's just a elevated version of a prison ass thing um but i've i've studied those techniques though and they're and they're absolutely insane japan had um something before the advent of tattoo guns called tabori i think it's called i'm gonna make myself sound like a fucking idiot on the podcast um Yes. Okay. <laughs> I got it right. Um, so <laughs> Tabori is like one of the most painful tattoo processes known to man. <laughs> it's basically a dude with a stick that has a bunch of needles bound to it. And he's just sort of like almost, almost like he's trying to fuck you up, stabbing you repeatedly with it because that's how you have to get the ink in the skin on these large swath things. Cause this is the type of stuff that like you'd see on Yakuza. So we're talking, I was wondering about that yeah. big patches of color, you know, and that's, I had to basically improvise Tabori to get that the last single needle I did done to get the color. in. I had to kind of, you know, push drag, push drag, push drag, push drag. So it's good to, it's good to know where you come from for sure. Yeah, I'd like. I don't know. You really, you really pulled my fucking uh, string on that one. I, yeah, well, I was th- so hey, I was talk about tattoos. About, I, yeah, I was thinking about it earlier today, and I was like, I don't know what we're gonna talk about because it was just gonna be you and me. And uh, I, I had talked. I went, went to lunch with my dad earlier today, and I was telling him about the idea for it or whatever. And I was like, oh. I can ask Eddie about this and talk about the process because I don't know what the process is and any, in any of that. So yeah, this, this worked out pretty well. You'll find someone you trust and that'll be a person that you can trust to do work. You probably won't get it with such frequency that it becomes, you know, your artist. Sure. Um, 
just there's it's it's an investment of money and it's it's money that I certainly don't have right now, which is shocking because you know I got a promotion, uh, but, but I got a promotion that coincided right with you know record breaking inflation and rent raising. So yeah, it's uh, been been a fun time. Um, but uh, you know it's it's a lot of money to get there. It's it's kind of shocking when I think because I've seen so many people who are you know, very young. I came up in the advent of suicide girls, you know, and, and so we're talking about, you know, people in their, what, 19 to 27-ish region mm-hmm. coated in really nice tattoos. It's like, God damn it, how did you afford it? You know, I want to afford it. <laughs> but but there's part of me that's like glad that I've had to get them piecemeal as I'm able to afford them generally around tax return time because it has led me to being more thoughtful about what I put on my body, you know. If I had unlimited funds at 19, you know, I'd have fucking Misfits, Crimson Ghosts, and fucking the Danzig symbol over my dick and shit. It'd just be, I'd just be covered in a bunch of dumb shit. I'd have to just sort of be like, yeah, those were dumb tattoo ideas. I don't know what to tell you. At least now I'm like, at least now I'm looking at like, you know, my bare uh, left arm and going, man, I want to put something there, but I really need to make sure I'm putting something on there that I want. You know, <laughs> really need yeah. to think this one through. Well, that was a big thing for me too. Was was figuring out like what I actually wanted versus like what kind of sounded just just cool or whatever. Right. Um, I went through a little phase where I I kind of wanted to do something to eulogize my mom, mm-hmm. um, and I think that this is going to accomplish that. But but yeah, I like I don't know. I went through like peacock designs. I went through stuff like peacock. that. Do you really? Yeah, I wanted to get a peacock because. Uh, um, I've been told that I enjoy being a peacock okay. in some ways. I like, you know, dressing and, and being fancy, but uh, also for Harley race uh, for some stupid reason. Cause Harley race had two peacock tattoos. Um, okay. Not many people know that about him, but the tattoos that are on his forearms are peacock tattoos uh, to cover up in his words, shittier peacock tattoos that he did himself. <laughs> so I got a nice big peacock on my forearm. It's right next to my uh, Elvis uh, taking care of business lightning bolt nice because um, i am a bit of a cartoon character but i'm giving some serious consideration to what i popped in the chat today. that pete and pete petunia is <laughs> it's sitting high on the list right now of possible ideas i have just the right space for it <laughs> it would just it would just but then i start thinking in my brain how do i explain it exactly you know like yeah, like how, yeah. how do i say it was, who's that on your forum? Well, it's not really anybody. It's Petunia, which is a reference to a live action television show on Nickelodeon that I saw when I was a child. Uh, <laughs> he had an enemy. His name was Papercut, uh, but his best <laughs> friend was Artie, the strongest man in the world. Like, imagine having to explain that for another 50 years. You know, <laughs> like, like it's just, it's, I don't know that it's, uh, it's, it's going to work out well, so I may not do it. Uh, the one that I do definitively want to get, um, see if I can find the image of it to show you um, if it's anywhere online, which it may not be. Um, there's a guy named Mitch O'Connell. Um, he's uh, an artist. He did. Uh, he's done two books of Tattoo Flash uh-huh. that are just like you know, use this. And some of them are really stupid. Uh, they're all really stupid and silly. 
let me let me back up to this but they're really well done stupid and silly yeah uh so um i'm trying to find the one but the the one i really want to get is uh it's a um angelic luchador uh with his fist raised about the lay the beating on a satanic luchador okay <laughs> and it says uh bueno siempre triumphos sombre mal which is good always triumphs over evil and it's a really fucking cool tattoo i've got to find it now because i can't seem to find it online i might just have to find my book real fast and send you a picture in fact <laughs> yeah do it right here mitch o'connell tattoos one of my very uh, this is what volume one yeah it's good stuff. This is right up there with my. Uh, I have two volumes of Russian prison tattoos, which were just this like uh, ethnographer went to Russian prisons to like record what tattoos they had, and they are absolutely hilarious. Like there's ones of, like Bill Clinton sucking cock and shit. Like wow, just, because it means it's Russian prison, you know. But it also goes into like, if the dude has this on his middle finger, then that means that he did. Yeah, you know. This guy murdered for someone. This guy is a human trafficker or, you know, whatever. Whatever those crazy Russian mobsters get into, them kooks. Oh, man. So, uh, I think we're good to cut it. Yeah, I think that should probably be good. I mean, we had, we had some, we had some bad times in this, in this episode and then we had some good times. You know, that's, that's, we're going to have to, there it is. I found the picture because, uh, of course, it's the most uh, broken section in this book's spine. Uh, Because I've looked at this so often and said, ooh, I want that on my upper arm. Um, (laughs) Because I really do. I want it on my upper right arm in the worst way. I mean, it's not going to look exactly like this because there's a certain degree of, you know, the artist is going to do what the artist does in, in some degree. So... Uh, it won't look exactly like this, but tell me this doesn't hit a particular line for. Wow. Yeah, I mean, let's, yeah. If, if you had to, if you had to throw something right down the middle to appeal to me, <laughs> you found it. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's wild. I love it so much. He's All right, so y'all. Uh, that was episode number thirty-one. If you're interested in chatting with us, you can do that. Discord.carolinasocialclub.com. Um, I just called Disco Inferno, a.k.a. Glenn Gilberti, a punk-ass little bitch on Twitter. My personal Twitter, which you can find at RNMKR85. Uh, that's you know, just a fun little thing. Disco Inferno, that, that was a nice thing you said, Disco. I, I mean, for, I'm kind of, yeah. Um, for Eddie, for B, later, y'all. Later, everybody. <laughs>